Lord, we just declare that, Lord, that you reign in this place, Lord, in our hearts, Lord. Lord, we want you to be first and foremost seated on the throne. We want to be surrendered to you this morning. Lord, we ask that you would just once again speak to our hearts as we open your word. We just thank you for your faithfulness. Continue to speak to us, Lord. Pierce our hearts, Lord, and mold us into your image. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you take your seats? Good morning, Family Church. Thank you for joining us this morning. We just had VBS this past week, and if you look around, you may notice that there's a lot of children and babies in the service. That's because this is our fifth Sunday, and we call it Family Sunday, and so we just invite everybody from our children's ministry over into here with their children. And so all the children's workers are over here. Uh, Miss Dina, who is our children's director, is over here, and uh, it's just one way how we come together as a family and something we really want to encourage and, and uh, just represent. On that note also, um, I know that there is a need for children's ministry workers, for those in preschools, also nursery. So if you love working with little kids or you love holding babies, there's opportunities over there. So just fill out a Connect card maybe in front of you and just say, you know, more information. And there's even opportunities if it's just once a month. We would love for you to get involved and just continue to, to serve. Um, the beginning of this week on Monday, I woke up early and I, I couldn't sleep. And you just lay there and you just know some mornings that I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. And so I, I did what anybody would really want to do, go to work, right? So I just go ahead and, and came into work and I didn't even make it in the building here. I had a lot of things to do. Um, Amanda and I are headed out on a vacation this upcoming week, so had a lot that we needed to get ready for and phone calls to make, and I didn't even make it in the building. I just looked in the building and then sat outside, and there was a lot of things on my mind, a lot of things on my heart. There was a lot of things I was praying about, a lot of things I was burdened about, um, and, and I also was burdened for a lot of things that I know are going on in your lives. And, and that is what it means to be part of a family, that we're bearing one another's burden. So I just sat outside and spent time in prayer. Maybe you can relate um, to some of those things. We all have different times in our lives. We're going through things. And when you know of other people going through those things, you sometimes, as a Christian, many times we feel those things as well, whether it be conflict in marriage or strife or emotional hurts or financial struggles. Maybe there's job situations going on. And so my mind was filled with what ifs and how to do and how can we best glorify God in the response to this situation. And, and I just sat out there thinking through all of these things and what we're, what we're finding is that as we come together more and more as a family, as we're coming together more as a body, like the Bible talks about, we're, we're uncovering, we're discovering, we're hearing from you. We're learning more about each other and staff. We're, maybe you're learning more in your families or connect groups um, about things going on in one another's lives. And that, on, on one part, can really be discouraging, you know, when you really start, not only do I have my problems, now I'm learning about everybody else's problems um, going on. And it's not that these problems are just now happening. It's that they've always existed, right, in your life and my life. But one of the privileges of being in a church is that we can grow and learn about what one another is dealing with and offer encouragement 
and offer scripture because I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers, but the word of God does. And as we're growing in this together as a church. And so I was so encouraged, but also discouraged at the same time. So I finished my time just in prayer and I came in to begin working on my sermon preparation for this message and was very encouraged by the set of verses that God has for us this morning. The set of verses that God had for me personally and I, and I hope the set of verses that God has for you to be encouraged this morning as well. So if you have your Bibles today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and for many of us you have things you're dealing with. You have things going on in your life, things you're thinking about, things you're praying about. Maybe there's things in your life you've been praying about for years. And I don't think any of us would dispute that God loves us. Majority of us here know that. We, we say, of course God loves me. Yes, he exists and I know he loves me. But sometimes that doesn't translate over into does he care, right? We know that he loves us. But what about is God able to work in the situations that you're facing. Is he able and does he want to? Does he care? Where is he in the midst of the trials that we're facing or the, the, a family member is facing or a friend or at your workplace? Where is he at? Well, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21. Those are the only two verses we're going to be looking at this morning and we're really going to spend a lot of time on verse 20. The title of my message this morning is simply put, He is able. He is able. So before we begin, would you pray with me? Let's pray. God, we do thank you for your word. God, we thank you for us being able to come together as a body. God, there are so many people sitting here. We are all struggling in one way or the other, whether we admit it or not, in different areas. And we do life so alone But God, I pray that that may continue to change as we've seen it change. May we continue to get more and more involved in one another's lives. May we connect with people who aren't connected here. May people who aren't connected here, uh, may you give them the boldness to go up and introduce themselves and say, Hey, I I really don't know anybody here. I want to get involved. God, we want to be a church that honors you. God, we thank you for the scriptures we're about to look into. May you speak to us and encourage us in all the ways that you desire to do so. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to be looking in just those two verses. Starting in verse 20 of Ephesians 3, it says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We're going to break this down over the next time that we have. And the foundation of this verse is in the first three words. The foundation that Paul ties this verse back to is in the words, now to him. Maybe your Bible verse or translation says unto him. But it's now to him. Paul anchors everything he's about to say into who the person of God is. And so he's saying what's about to come in this verse is trustworthy, church. It's trustworthy. You can take it to the bank. You can build your life on it. God is doing this unto him or now to him. It is truth. We're going to simplify that. That's point number one. It's just God. God. We're going to simplify that down to God. 
And we're going to keep going in the verse. So now to him, God, who is able to do? Let's pause there. That just leads us to, to point number two. Now to him, God, God is able to do. So what is God able to do in your life? What do you think? Everything, anything, nothing, right? He's able to do any of those things, any amount of those things. Simply put, God is able to do. I know that that seems like a a very rudimentary point. Of course, God is able to do. But a lot of times we don't live that way. That God actually is able to do in your life. Anything and everything that you're facing, he's able to do. And and we just need to understand God is is able. So how much can God do? Well, actually that scripture is in the Bible where God says in Jeremiah 32, there's no need to turn there. If you could just listen, if you could just listen in Jeremiah 32 verse 27, God asked the question to us and says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me to do? And in the rest of the chapter, God is explaining to his group of people just what he is going to do. And I want us to take a look at this. In the very next verse, listen to what it says. And listen for the words where he says, I will. This is God saying, I will. Just listen to all the things he does. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will give this city into the hands of the Chaldeans and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take it. It goes on in verse 37, Behold, this is God speaking, I will gather them from the countries to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath and great indignation. I will bring them back to this place and I will make them dwell in safety and they shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart, one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. He just goes on, I will make them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from, and I will put fear into their hearts towards me, and I will plant them in the land that I desire. Verse 42, just as I have brought all this great disaster upon this people, he goes on to say, so I will bring upon them all the good that I have promised. That verse is pretty God-centered. God's saying, I will do everything, anything, it all. I'm doing it. And and the same is true in our life. God is able to do everything, nothing, anything. Verse or point number three, as we continue in this verse, we're going to go to the next simplest portion for us. God is able to do the next simplest thing is all that we ask or think. All that we ask or think. Now, When we think about asking and we think about wanting things, maybe some of us think about Christmas. Christmas is the most exciting time for my wife in the year. She loves Christmas, always loved Christmas, and like has this list because she loves Christmas. Well, many times children, they have a list and there is everything and anything on the list, right? They have all the asking. There's never not anything on the list. And they'll say like, don't give me anything except save it all up for this big thing, right? Well, we as adults have things that we ask for as well. Although they're not necessarily a toy or a new bicycle. They could be a new bicycle, just a different type, right? Um, But there's things that we ask for, but a lot of times those are maybe job security or peace in the home 
or a difference in our marriage or adequate pay, job security, health issues to disappear, maybe raising our families. We have different things we ask about, that we pray about. And as we've already seen, if you take a a couple of pages back or one page back, Ephesians chapter 2, turn back to verse 18. We've We've already read and studied through where it says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So God is already showing how we can actually come and ask with our ask for things. And it says we have access. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12, it says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence. So those are how we come to God with some things that we're asking for, some things we're praying for. In our last book study, we went through the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, if you just turn a couple of pages to the right in your Bible, and you get over to Philippians chapter 4, in verse 6, it says this for us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request, there's that ask, be made known to God. And then it says, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we've just learned that God is able to do anything, everything in the midst of your life, but he can do what? All that we ask or think. Does that happen in your life? I mean, does God really do what you ask him to do? Do all your prayers come true? Do all the things you ask for? Because we, we see this and we're like, man, he's able to do all of these things. And it says he will do all we ask or even think. But there's one word that cancels that whole thing out. But it's good for us. It's good for us. And as we keep looking in verse 20, it doesn't say he's just going to do what we ask or what we think. He's actually going to do something better than that. And point number four is that God is going to do above all that you ask or think, which means he's not going to do anything, right, that we ask or think. I mean, if I say I want A and God says you're not getting A, you're actually getting something different than A, he's not actually going to answer our prayer request because of why? He has a better one. He has a better one. But a lot of times we pray and it doesn't come true and we're thinking that God is not there when in response, when actuality, it says I'm not just going to answer your prayer. I'm going to do above that. I'm going to do above that. We have a limited view of our needs. We saw in Philippians where it says God knows our needs before we know them. And he provides for his sons and daughters. If you're a Christian, he knows your needs more than you do. And he's providing for some of those things. And a lot of times I just think, man, if God would just answer this prayer, then my life would be fixed. And we're going to see, we're going to see that that is not the case. Um, My wife is out of the room, probably feeding our son. We have a baby boy, his name's Elias, and he's four months old. So he gets hungry, he cries, and we go to feed him. And there's a point in when we're feeding him that we stop feeding him, and then what happens? He gets angry, right? He gets mad, he starts yelling and pitching a fit, and we know what he's asking for, We actually know what he's demanding would probably be a better word to say, right? And he's demanding that I want my milk back. But we know as parents that he doesn't need milk. He actually needs to be burped so he doesn't get a stomachache. 
And this is exactly sometimes what we do in our relationship with God is, okay, God, here is the problem. Here is the solution. And I just need for you to do this. I don't want you to do anything else. We don't tell God this, but this is sometimes how we act. I don't want you to do anything else. Just take this, put it over there. Just change that person's heart. Just change that situation. And God says, your prayer request, your ask are very limited. And I'm not going to do just what you're wanting me to do. I'm going to do above that. But Paul continues on. He's trying to really build this case so we understand what God's going to do. It actually says in verse 20, the next thing above that is, I'm not just going to do above all you ask or think. I'm going to do abundantly above all that you ask or think. And we need to understand God's view is not fixated on the short run. We see only a little bit ahead, but God sees eternity ahead. And he knows what is good all the way at the end of the line. We only have a couple of puzzle pieces to work from. And there's a, uh, I want us just to understand that God is watching out for you. There are things you're praying for. There are things you're wanting to change. Maybe there is struggles going on and he is not holding back from you. Maybe some of you just need to hear that. God is not holding back from you. He's actually doing abundantly above all that you're wanting him to do. And he knows what is best for you. And we think, man, if, if this would just happen or if that would just happen, but that is the same way how a four-month-old thinks, Right? That's how I pray a lot of times. God, if you just do this and then that, and it would be accomplished. And that's the same thing that Elias is telling us. When we know what is best for him, the same is true. God knows what is best for us. Maybe you've been praying for something a long time. Maybe something is really on your heart. Maybe you have struggles going on. And, and something you need to hear and something I need to hear is, God may be simply not giving you what you're asking for. Because he just doesn't want to answer your prayer. As in just, I don't want to do something that little. I'm going to do something much, much greater than that. Paul continues on and says, God is able to do all that we ask or think, above all that we ask or think, abundantly above all that we ask or think. And point number six, there's a new word in there, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And some English majors out there are freaking out right now because this is horrible grammar. But it's great theology. And it's what Paul put in there is exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think is how God is working in your life. Is how God is working in the things that are on your heart. He knows your needs and he knows those things. And he's doing them not just for your good but for his glory. That's the reason why he does these things. Brian Chappelle says this. Our God is able to do immeasurably above what we ask of him. And then he goes on to say this, and I love this. I know to ask only what is good for my immediate family, but God knows what is good for my children's children's children. And what will bring multitudes into his kingdom from places I cannot name or imagine. See, God is looking at the end of time in how these things are going to work. He's working with all of the puzzle pieces. And I don't want us to be ignorant because it's not, if, if my wife and I have 
struggles or conflict in our marriage, it's not because God did not intervene. And I'm saying, God, please change her, okay? It's not that God did not intervene, and that's why we're having issues. I don't want us to be ignorant. We probably have a lot of issues going on, all of us, because in some area or another, we failed to honor God's word. I mean, every single one of us is in situations, and we're dealing with consequences of sin, every one of us. In so many areas of our life, we're dealing with consequences of sin. From little things to big things, it plagues us. And one of the important things, I mean, there may be something you're struggling with that's not even your problem. You might have inherited it. It might have been something given to you. It might have been something you created. It might have been something small and you made it worse. Or it was worse and it's a little bit better, but you're still dealing with it. In spite of all of those things, one of the things that we need to know is in the midst of any of those things or every, every one of those things that God is able to do and he is doing exceedingly, abundantly above all you could hope for, all you could imagine, all you could think this would be the greatest thing, God, if you could just do this. He's saying that is such a low ask of me that I'm not even going to listen to it because I'm doing something far greater than that. That's the type of God we serve, the type of God who is working in our lives. So how does he do all of these things? Why does he do these things? We see at the end of verse 20, he's doing these things according to the power that is working in us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've submitted your life to him, You've repented of, the, of your sins and you are trying to live a God-glorifying life. You've trusted in Jesus Christ for his, his perfect sacrifice on the cross. And it's his righteousness that's now living in you. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And it gives you the power through the Holy Spirit to actually rise above some of these things in your life. And there are things that we're dealing with. But it says that he does these things according to the power that works in us. So it's not just about changing that person. You know what? God could change that person. But you know what? He wants to change you, not just the person. He doesn't want to just change the situation. He wants to change you and your family. He wants to see how things work out and how he will use those puzzle pieces to bring about salvation, not just for a family member, but for the family member's family member's family member. That is how God is working through generation after generation after generation that we have no idea the effects that are going down through generations that God is working on. So he has the power to change any of these things. As we look at the last verse, we need to understand this is all based on God. This is the God who created everything out of nothing. The God who is by his will, by his will, sustaining all things. You know, there was a, uh, I just read that they've successfully hooked up a computer to somebody's mind who is unable to do anything with their body from their neck down. And they hooked up the computer to his mind and actually hooked it up to his arm. And through different signals, he can actually think what he wants his arm to do and move his arm. And I was looking at this. He can pick up his arm. He can grab things. He can close his fist and open his fist. You guys put your right hand up real quick. Now put your right hand down. Put your right foot up. No. So you put your, put your right hand up and then you can put it back down. Sorry. Um, you know, when I told you to do that, you didn't think about it. You just did it, right? Now just think about putting your right hand up. 
You, you just picture your arm moving in your mind. You know, and I thought about, I wonder if this guy is actually trying to physically move his arm or if he's just thinking about moving his arm. And, that's, and it made me think, you know, it says in Scripture in Revelations chapter 4 that God by his will is holding all things together. Every atom and everything that is created by his will, by his thinking, and it's not even work for him. Every little thing is being held together by him. This is the God that we're talking about who is holding things together from the smallest thing that doesn't matter to the most important things. He's doing it all. And he says and has promised us that he is working in the midst of our situations far more than what we could ever have imagined. Paul goes on to state in verse 21, because of all these things, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. We should be so thankful that he has saved us, but not only saved us, that he has saved us and allowed us to be part of the church. What we are gathered together right now, that he is using us to be his manifold wisdom and that he is abundantly working exceedingly above all of these situations. And one thing that I want you to know is the situations that you're in, God has explicitly, specifically, and perfectly created them for you to be in. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but the things that you're praying for, the things that you're seeking for, he has created them for you to be in right now, in this moment, because that is how you will grow. That is how he desires to be glorified most in your life, through your family, through the church. And understand that he has placed you there and you can be faithful in that. And he is the one working in you through the power of the Holy Spirit abundantly in all things. So I hope that is encouraging to you this morning. I know when I was working through these verses, it was to me that all the things that I see that sometimes seem like they're melting down, when we stop and think, because we're so busy all the time, when we stop and think, really what is most important, there's a lot of things that seem like they're broken. There's a lot of things that seem like that needs to be fixed. But we need to know that God is working and he's doing far more than we could ever ask. He doesn't just want to answer your prayers. Would you pray with me? God, we do thank you that you don't just want to answer our prayers. When we think we have it all figured out on what we need, what is best, God, you say that I'm not just going to do that. I'm not even going to do just a little bit more than that. I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. God, that is incredible for us to think. Help us to know when you don't answer our prayers that we can be encouraged. Because when you don't answer our prayers, that means you're doing something far greater than our prayers. And I know there's many times I need to hear that, that you are working in the midst of those situations. You're doing it for your glory, and I have been promised in your word you're doing it for my good. God, help us to trust in that. Help us to know that. God, we do love you and we thank you for your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And well, we had a, a couple of things that we wanted to follow up on. Encourage you, again, if you have any um, questions.
please come talk with us. Maybe you don't know what it means to be a Christian and you just feel led to learn more about that. We are available. Um, we would love to talk with you guys. I have a couple announcements. This upcoming Sunday is a potluck. So encourage you to go make some food and stay after church. And even if you can't make anything for next week, encourage you just to stay after and eat everything else that other people brought, um, which sometimes we've all done, right? So it's good. We are most concerned about the fellowship. Now, if everybody gets here and there's no food and there's all fellowship, uh, we'll deal with that there, but it will still be good, right? So next Sunday, July 6th, encourage you to bring something for the potluck. This Wednesday night, we will not be having our midweek service, and so that will go until the next month. And I believe that that is everything that I needed to discuss. So would you stand? And I encourage you, if you don't know, some people, you look around and see somebody that you haven't met before, just greet them on the way out and get to know a little bit of people. But thank you. You guys are dismissed. Have a great day.